are in the bathroom. We are here for episode four. Uh, it's it's a kind of a special episode today because we are together. We are, we are together. in Smithfield, Rhode Island, right now. Um, clean bathroom. This is this is the nicest bathroom I've ever been in for a show. <clears throat> yeah. This and, is uh, uh, and we also have a, a really nice wine. I'll let you explain what we're drinking. We're we're drinking a special wine tonight. It's a premier crew from Burgundy. It's I mean, Tom, is it delicious or what? Is this let, let me fill you up a little bit actually over there. Just, just this get, is before we get into things. Unbelievable. So tasty. It's one of the it's one of the best wines I've had. And th- this is how we roll on beer in the bathroom. We do things, you know. We like we like to we have, we have a fancy side every now and then on the show. And it's a special occasion. I mean, both of the co-hosts are in the same studio. This is the studio that both of our childhood bedrooms are down the hall. And the uh, the house is looking amazing right now because the parents just sold it and they're moving down to North Carolina. So shout out to North Carolina and also to Rhode Island, which we'll be leaving soon. Prop City. Prop City. No more. So I have I have something that I, I wanted to kind of get your reaction on and also I really I don't know what your thoughts are so I kind of wanted to just put this out there but recently I've gotten into Taylor Swift. Yes, this is amazing. I'm no I'm I'm happy about this. I've gotten into Taylor. Uh, shout out to Travis Richardson, the coworker of mine, and hey Travis, he he loves Taylor Swift. Does he really? Yes, he does. And uh, before I spent uh, 50 hours a week with him, I, you know, I, I enjoyed some of Taylor's stuff. I, I thought, it, you know, some of her older stuff, it's kind of catchy. And, um, you know, I, I thought everyone was a little bit too obsessed. I thought it was a little over the top. Um, but he's opened my eyes a little bit to it. And also, I think, like, you know, her new album, it's less country uh, and more pop rock sort of feel. Oh, and it's definitely pop. And yeah. she, she is a full-fledged pop star at this point. She has yeah. made it. I think, yeah. could you say that she's top three American pop stars in the country right now? Oh, I mean, I think she's number one. If you look historically in the past decade, so who, who would be in this discussion? It would be Britney, Christina. Kanye. Kanye. All right, well, all right, so, you know, I was just thinking in my head, you know, female pop stars, mm-hmm. um, but I guess we do have to open it up to... Just pop I put Kanye that Beyonce is the queen bee for me, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure her record sales back it up. My issue is, I don't, and I'm, I'm going to get some criticism for this, but I don't enjoy listening to Beyonce's music. If I listen to an entire Beyonce album, an entire, an entire Taylor Swift album, I'm going to enjoy the Taylor Swift album more. But there's going to be certain songs on the Beyonce album that I would much rather be seen rocking to when I'm rolling down the street in Smithfield. Um, like, like Drunk in Love, for example, or XO. I mean, XO is that goes straight to my heart. That song, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and of, but, course, of course, the JMA version is fantastic. Uh, my, my, so my thing about Taylor Swift, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we've specifically ever talked about this, but I used to really not be a, a fan of Taylor Swift, and and I would go around saying that, and I would, I would kind of, I don't know, I would criticize her. I would, I would criticize her. I thought she was annoying, obnoxious, basic. I think basic is the biggest criticism that she gets from her from her critics. She's simple. She writes about simple things. She writes easy songs. But 
And I felt that way. I embraced that. And I, I owned that. And so I understand if, if, if you still feel that way, I understand what you're, what you're getting at. But I had a turning point when I, when Blank Space came out. And I, and I basically had a turning point because it was so damn catchy that I couldn't stop listening to it. That, that song, once it gets stuck in your head, there's no getting it out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I started to just embrace it. She writes really catchy songs. The songs aren't as simple and shallow as you may think. Like Blank Space, for example, is not just about her and like all these like boy toys. It's about her making fun of the fact that everyone thinks that she's just this kind of reckless girl who's breaking hearts. And she's basically making fun of that and saying, that's the, that's the game that, that you like me to play. Like that, that's, that's the perception in media that you guys love to, to paint me as. And just because... I've gone through a lot of boyfriends. It's not all my fault. Maybe they have been assholes. Maybe I'm somewhat the victim in a way. And, and that's fine with me. It, 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 she has every right to express that. And, and I just think that they go a little bit deeper than people give her credit for. The critics give her credit for. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's, she's selling more records than anyone in the U.S. right now. And I, I think that's partly to do with her melody, but also because she's got something going on. She's got an honesty going on. And not many artists like her can be popular with 14-year-old girls, but also 24-year-old girls and people like us. 26-year-old men. Who aren't afraid to talk about it in their podcasts that they don't mind Taylor Swift. But here's a follow-up question about Taylor Swift that I have for you. Shoot. Um, I've, so I've spoken to some New Yorkers about this, specifically uh, St- oh, St- Stephen right. Pinto. Yes. Um, obviously, there's been much hoopla about... Taylor Swift being the ambassador of New York. Yes. And, uh, welcome to New York. Uh, Ooh, that's, that's the dog. <laughs> yeah. Sedona is making some noise. Some of you may know Sedona. She's a golden doodle. She gets a little crazy when people walk by. Anyway, um, so Tete, uh, you know, she had this awakening and she found New York. And uh, there's obviously some criticism because, you know, she lives in a penthouse in the east side or wherever. And, her version of New York is completely different than what it's actually like to live in New York, whether you're a young professional just trying to pay rent or, you know, you've been there your entire life and and you're having trouble with, they're raising the subway prices and, you know, you don't know if, whatever. It's a different New York that she's living in. Um, so anyway, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, well, on, on all this. New York is fascinating in the sense that people love to own the fact that they're in New York. The debate of whether or not I can call myself a New Yorker is one of the first things that people debate when they move there. And I think that that people that were born and raised in New York City are very territorial about that 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 phrase, New Yorker. And and that's their right. It's their right. There there are people who believe if you are born and raised in New York, you are a New Yorker. If you are born and raised 18 years in Iowa City, you moved to New York to go to college at NYU, and you stay there after college, you are not a New Yorker. There are people that think if you do that, and then after 10 years, you become a New Yorker. There are people that say you will never be a New Yorker unless you were born and raised there. It's a heated debate, and New Yorkers take it very seriously. Uh, I think wherever you fall in that argument, in that debate, one thing is certain. Taylor Swift is not a New Yorker. She's not a New Yorker. Right. She's, she's not a New Yorker. And, and what irritates people about this is her coming out 
and being a spokesperson for tourism in New York and saying, it's so great here, come to my city, this is where I live. I don't know if you've noticed this, but after about two months of that whole Taylor Swift story of her in New York, that went away. Is she even still living in New York? I, I believe so. But, I mean, she's going on a world tour right now. So one day I, she's I, in London, one day she's yeah, in I, I Melbourne. Think she's and I, I, I think it's it was something that pissed people off for about two months, and now it, it people have moved on. Because there was a lot of negative press around it, but I know in Cambridge, when I get off the T in Central Square, I turn the corner, and the first... Um, there's a bus stop right there, and the first advertisement that I see is like Taylor Swift, New York, whatever. And I've seen it's been there for four or five months now. You got that James Dean daydream look in your eye. God, and and that for me, Taylor Swift, I, it begins with the melody. That's what sucks me into a song, and then I and then I'm in. Yeah. It's extremely catchy. You can basically put any lyrics in there, but it's like the... I'm in. I'm in. And now right, we well, got well, bad here, blood. Here, here's another question for you. So we, I've been talking to Justine about this because her brother Jojo really likes Vance Joy and um, you know, wants to go see them. Vance Joy is opening up for Taylor. And he's considering going to a Taylor Swift concert. Let's say you know your girlfriend doesn't really have any interest but you would like would you ever be interested in going to see a taylor swift concert or is that taking taking your interest in taylor swift too far is it free no no this, it's, this, it's this, not this, gonna is, be free. this isn't a fair question because i i don't go to a lot of concerts the concerts i go to are small time uh, not expensive, small shows, right, small bands. I would never go to a pop... If I was going to go to a pop star's concert, it would be either John Mayer or Taylor Swift. I'll, I'll give you a scenario. Your co-worker um, has some, something last minute comes up, and she has two tickets, but your girlfriend can't go with you. And so you, it's just like it would be you and your bro going to this Taylor Swift concert. Maybe you're taking one of the Stevens or whoever you want to take. Um, would, would you say, nah, I'm good? Of course. Or, no, I'd be, or I'd go. would you go? Of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. You're going to hand me free Taylor Swift tickets. I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to drink it in. I, I'm gonna, I'm I gonna feel drink like it I'd in. be a little self-conscious about it. You're going to be surrounded by, by teenage girls yeah. and, and parents. and. And But I'll tell you this much. And, I mean, girls our age, too. I, I think it would be... Groups of them. I, I think it would be... But you know what, though? All right, the so majority of guys that are going to be with if, girls. If, if you're at a Taylor Swift concert, you're not going to look around and judge other people. Maybe we would, because we're already self-conscious to begin with. But if you're a Taylor Swift fan, if you're part of the fan club and you're you're one of her big advocates, you're not going to look around and be like, no, oh, no, no, what are they not. doing there? So not. you have nothing to worry about. Go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You enjoy what you enjoy. Unless it's, do, do unless it's immoral. There's, there's no such thing as guilty pleasure? Yeah, unless it's immoral, why should you feel guilty about enjoying something? Why should you feel guilty about enjoying something that a lot of other people in your life are saying is basic? Do you like it? That doesn't mean it has to be a self-reflection on you. It's You like it. I mean, if it brings happiness to your life, listen to it. Listen to it. This is a great life lesson from Jay Money right now, I think. Listen to it. And, and don't make me feel guilty... 
that I enjoy listening to Blank Space. Because guess what? This is a professional singer-songwriter. I know you look at her and you're like, wow, this girl is, is basic. But she's a professional singer-songwriter. She's damn good at what she does. If if you if you if you didn't get hooked by this melody, it's designed to be catchy, and there's nothing immoral about her music. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing that's gonna lessen you as a person by listening to her music. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't argue. I can't argue with that. I, I, I ended the discussion for me. I'm I'm on board with Taylor Swift, and this is my coming out party for Taylor. My my one last question. M Monday morning or Tuesday morning, you're back from the holiday weekend. You're getting on the one train, 110th Street, and you get on the subway, and uh, it's packed. And you're listening to your music. You got the headphones that don't really keep it in, and you're just bumping blank space. Are you feeling a little self-conscious when can't do it when the people next to you are hearing this? Can't can't do it because well then this is this is a guilty pleasure. Listen this to me. Can't do it because it's not possible. Taylor Swift took her move, her music off Spotify, and this is my biggest criticism of her. That was this that, is an interesting point. That is something about her that annoys me. I don't. I, I'm not really sure why she did it because she's at the point where she doesn't have to be on Spotify. Well, well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know. I know why she's leaving she money did. on the table. I, I don't agree with with her reasoning for it. Make your music as accessible as possible at all times. You, you don't need money, Taylor. Make your music as accessible as, as accessible as possible. Come on. Because it's not like Spotify is an illegal because thing. I mean, every other artist... Do you know any other artists who aren't on there? Not, not big names like that. No. She's the biggest. She's the biggest. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem... doesn't seem right. I would... And I'm, I'm only doing this to be as honest with you and the listeners as possible. I would feel self-conscious blaring Taylor Swift in a packed subway. And, and that, that's my own problem. That, that's something that I own. Because I, I think about that, and I think about exactly what I was just saying. Why do I, why do I feel guilty about that? And it's because, it's because there's a stigma attached to listening to Taylor Swift. And as a 26-year-old young professional, you know, trying to go to work and take care of business... You shouldn't be listening to Taylor Swift. That's what society tells you, right? Right. And I know this is jaded and a cliche thing. It's easy to say. That, that, that's just a basic point. Society will tell you, we're not supposed to be listening to Taylor Swift. We're not. Right. It's not, it's not cool. It's not intellectual. It's not stimulating, technically. But it, I would argue that it is. And I listen to a lot of things. I listen to Vivaldi. I listen, I listen to Beethoven. The Seventh Symphony, the second movement. One of my favorite pieces of music last week to listen to but i was listening to blank space at the same time and i don't think there's anything wrong with that that's fair and, and i don't care if i sound pretentious i like what i like well, and i'm gonna listen to it I, I think what we've learned here is that on tuesday if you have a way to listen to taylor swift on your phone you should i wanted to last week and you know what i ended <laughs> up doing personal confession i loaded youtube i typed in bad blood <laughs> And I listened to it. So that's, what, that's why we put, went over on our data. I put, well, that might be one of the reasons why we exceed the data. We're on a family plan. Don't judge us. We save money. <laughs>
No, I mean, everyone our age is on a family plan. Yeah. I, everyone I talk to about data or phones or, you know, because I, I have been curious what other people's plans are because the more and more mom has said, like, get off my plan, you know, whatever. I've, you know, asked people what their situation is and everyone's on family plans because it makes more financial sense as long as you're paying for what you use. Exactly. Here's a question I have for you. I want to I want to hear your thoughts on um, Tiger Woods recent breakup with uh, Lindsey Vaughn, the skier. So obviously there's rumors out there that uh, it's because he cheated. Mm. Have you heard these? Those aren't rumors. He did. It, is he it cheated. confirmed now? Yeah, he cheated. He cheated on her. And his. So I, I like how the way that they <laughs> were described. It was like in Tiger Woods' weak moment in San Diego when he got he didn't make the cut on Friday evening. He had a weak moment, and he had a prostitute in San Diego. It's like, <laughs> okay, this is just some rich guy who didn't make the cut and was just like, screw it, I'm just going to pay like 10 grand for sex tonight. I mean, when we have bad days, we're like, all right, I'm going to go home, I'm going to order a pizza, I'm going to drink some beer and feel sorry for myself. Tiger Woods is like, I'm going to order a high-class stripper and just cheat on my wife. <sighs> or, I mean, his girlfriend in this case. Um, I don't know. I'm not surprised by it. Uh, when I first, uh, to go back a little bit, when I first heard that Lindsey Vaughn was dating Tiger Woods, my reaction was, Lindsey Vaughn is, she's a popular person, um, she's a very accomplished athlete, she could date pretty much anybody. Like, anybody. And, Anyone she wanted. Yeah. And I understand Tiger Woods must be an incredible person like his competitive nature it, i would say in our generation it's like tiger woods michael jordan uh lebron i would put in that lebron guy. yeah they're just the top 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 so being around someone like that must be incredible but you're going into a relationship with someone who it's confirmed that he cheated on his wife like over 20 times and did horrible disgusting acts with like prostitutes and paid ridiculous amounts of money to do it and you're gonna enter in, into a relationship with him like you know what all right good luck so uh, setting yourself I, up there I, yeah it's, it's i i completely i don't feel bad for Lindsay in this situation um i mean i, I feel bad because that sucks but it's not like a surprise or anything um i don't know i, I just want tiger to get good at golf again Whatever he has to do, if he needs to be single and he needs to just slay and do his thing, <laughs> that, well, so all right, then that's fine. Just do that, Tiger. But you don't need to be cheating on someone. Just be single. You're a very eligible person. You clearly love sex. Like, just don't date someone and be good at golf again. Because I hate watching you go around the golf course and smash your clubs and get angry because you suck at golf. Now. Do you, do you think? Because Tiger Woods has not been an enjoyable golfer to follow in the past two years. He's been a sad sack of hormones, basically. I don't know if you agree with that, but do you think that following this recent breakup, if Tiger does that, if he embraces his kind of bad boy reputation and lifestyle, if he fully dives in and accepts and takes on that role, kind of, I mean, not as bad as Floyd Mayweather, but if he becomes kind of a, a bad guy in the media and embraces that, do you think that the golf community would embrace him again in return if he if he performed on the golf course because of that? I, I, I just, I, I think no matter what, he's got to get his personal life in order. 
because it's it's all over the place. And he he I I, I think you are touching on a good point. He needs to be more um, genuine because but less full of shit. Yeah, because I feel like the Nike executives they're saying this is what you can and can't talk about and. This is what you can and can't like do in public and say and all these things and um, I don't know. He should be less scared of what his sponsors are saying and more just genuine to himself and just concentrate on being a golfer and and doing your thing and taking care of what you got to do. But it seems like he's living one of these lives where everyone who's in it is just getting crushed. So, so and this is a lot farther down the spectrum, but sort of like a Lance Armstrong situation where. Um, I'm not saying that Tiger Woods is a cheater or anything, but it's just one of those personalities that you're just so like, obsessed with winning that you just take down everyone in your path. Right. Um, and you feel like, you know, I had a bad weekend and I had a weak point and I cheated on you, but, you know, I didn't mean it. Or, you know, whatever he might have said. It's like, it, I don't know. It, no. it, it's very egotistical and, like, it just weird and it it, it tips the balance because when you're when you're tiger woods when you're a professional golfer you know you've got your seesaw you've got your life and you've got your personal life and your political opinions and all that stuff on one side of the seesaw and then on the other side of the seesaw you've got golf and that the golf should never be down here it should always be at least equal or probably above all the crap all your baggage and personal stuff yeah i think that's the case for any professional athlete or politician public figure yeah. And right now, for the past, since since the car crash incident, Tiger's baggage has been up here, and his golf game has been basically touching the ground, the seesaw. Yeah. And I don't know how much his, his you know, body falling apart has to do with it, but he needs to get that seesaw straightened out. And it's only getting worse now that his golf game is going more and more down, because that was, like, really, it seems like that was really keeping him afloat. And people could justify it, too. They could justify the bad stuff when he was winning Masters. Yeah. Well, and it is fascinating that, you know, for so long, we just had no idea about... He seemed to have a very wholesome situation, and he would win the Masters or win the U.S. Open and have his beautiful blonde wife and his beautiful children and his dad right there. And it was just an amazing American, like, African-American taking over this traditional white, like, stuffy sport, like, feel-good story... And it all just came crashing down in, like, the worst possible way. And wor- even worse than it all come crashing down at once, it's just been, like, two years of just constant disappointment. And it's been really hard to watch. And ESPN isn't making it any better because you turn on ESPN, you try to watch the golf highlights, and all you see is, like, if they show two minutes of highlights, it's one minute of Tiger hitting horrible shots, and the other minute is these other golfers who are doing incredible mm. and it's like ESPN just stop like stop being TMZ Tiger Woods isn't even in this um, tournament like we have some really great stars show them yeah show Rory show Ricky yeah show Spieth who's 21 years old and just won the Masters he led for the entire weekend it's incredible yeah, yeah. Um, a side note uh, it was a a couple weeks ago, and Greg Smith uh, came over the apartment, and we were enjoying some wine and some other things. And um, on the Golf Channel, sometimes they'll have uh, what they call a classic match or like a classic round. 
and Tiger Woods 2000 Pebble Beach U.S. Open. Uh, oh, Sunday round came on with the red shirt. The red shirt. He had the red shirt on, and when he was in, this was this was his absolute heyday. He was up by ten strokes, mm. and he birdied seven straight holes to win it by like fifteen. I love it. I love it. So I love it in. when people who don't know anything about the golf world talk trash about Tiger, and it's completely justified. But you don't know what he was like to watch as a, as an athlete. Golf is boring to a lot of people. When Tiger played, it was not boring. It was some of the most right. riveting athletic stuff you could see. It was incredible. He was. It was the eye of the tiger with that guy. Even the eye com- of the tiger. The commentators they were just like, "This is." Ridiculous, because he, Speechless. It, the perfect location for every ball, when he'd step up to the tee or he would go for an iron shot, like he would put it there. Exactly where you want to put it on the green, other than like hitting a hole in one, like he would put it there. And then when he would go to putt, he would look at it from six different angles, and his caddy wouldn't even really talk to him, because he like he wouldn't even want the distraction. He was right. completely zoned in, yeah. and then he went up did a practice swing and just knocked it down and then right. went to the next hole. It and wasn't like a buddy-buddy thing with any other golfers or even, like, he didn't talk to anyone. He was just completely zoned in and was just a sniper. It was insane. Yeah. You know, I, I am simultaneously very grateful that I was conscious and a sports fan for that era, but I also selfishly wish I was a little bit older. I, I, wish, I wish that Tiger was in his prime now I, I wish I could watch it now and, and have just a, a more a deeper appreciation for it, a little bit more experience with golf and as a sports fan I think that would be you know that I, I, I again I, I'm happy to see I'm happy to get what I what I what I had but do you remember in the Masters when <clears throat> he hit that putt and he did this oh, iconic and then he hunched over and he was yeah yeah that that was one of the great moments of Tiger's career. But yeah, I mean, golf, um, uh, we watched a lot when we were younger, um, and then I think we both went off it for a while. I've gone back into it just because of my job, but I have really been enjoying watching golf again. Um, just watching the different personalities, like, because there's no team to fall back on. Yeah. There's no one else that can bail you out. Like, if you make a bad shot, or you miss a rebound, or, this, or you know, you're going... You're Russell Westbrook, and you're going three for 15 at the half. There's no one else who can go off and help you out a little bit in your off night. Yeah. And if you have one bad hole or one bad day, like, you're out of it. It's true. It's true. So. How's the wine treating you? It's just as good as when we came into the studio. Fantastic. It's one of the sad things about, the only bad thing about drinking this kind of wine is eventually you look at the bottle and there's nothing left in it. Luckily, we have three more bottles waiting for us. Uh, so should should we sign off by by telling telling the listeners what's on tap for tonight, Saturday night? I mean, just just a really nice suburban night. I mean, I think nights like this is why uh, suburbia is, is worth it. This is why we retreat from the city for nights like tonight. Yeah, just got some wine lined up, got some good food. We've got we've got a roasted chicken in the oven right now at three fifty for two hours. The temperature is about seventy, maybe a little bit, a little cool wind coming in. This bird can we can we hear the birds? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can hear that. 
There's going to be a smoky campfire going in about an hour outside. We got Sedona just messing around downstairs. She was feisty for us to come out of the studio and play with her. Uh, did you hear her come up earlier? She's Yeah, she's I, a little annoyed. I think she's waiting outside the studio. She, she's kind of, she's probably questioning why we're in here together, because usually <laughs> this is a solitary room. I'm she sure. always gets a little confused when we're in the house, because we do things a, a little bit differently than the way that do things. <laughs> it, it, we don't fit into the usual routine of what's happening and disturb the jab. We disrupt things. And I, I think <clears throat> you know, most people like disruptions in their everyday routines, but dogs, they're not they're not that same way. They don't really like to have disrupted no. routines. They like things to be very black and white every day, the same thing. Yeah. They depend on that. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed being in uh, the studio together. It's nice. It's a different dynamic. Yeah. Um, but what's nice is when we meet up on weekends, we can... Have a live here in the bathroom, and and, and you know, I, I would I just want to tell the listeners at home that we are now that we've kind of started you know something new with our show here, we are going to start having guests on. So you know we've got a few people in mind that we're going to bring on the show in, in the coming uh, weeks and months. But uh, get ready for that, and also hit us up if you want to get on the show and if you have something to say. Totally open to that. Totally willing and uh, excited to, to talk about that opportunity. So yeah, uh, we're going to start changing things up a little bit and throwing new things at you. And we hope you're going to come along for the ride and subscribe on iTunes. You're not going to be bored. We can guarantee that. We're, we can do whatever we want on this show. We can change things up. Whatever we um, want. And it's not going to be boring because we don't want to be here bored and we don't want to be creating content that no one wants to listen to. And with so, that, we're going to go eat some chicken, drink some wine. Poke the fire. Pet the puppy. <laughs> Pet the puppy. Alright, peace out. Have a great night, everybody. Happy Memorial Day. <laughs>